The high and the mighty will fall. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. We hope you are enjoying the holiday season, and I hope Santa was good to each and every one of you. Santa gave me a gift this year, a pre-recorded show that we're going to replay for you with a Christmas theme. A couple of weeks ago, I got a call from a fellow by the name of Rich Larson, who's a DJ down at KYMN Radio down in Northfield. He was playing Christmas music written by Minnesota artists, and he wanted to interview me about my song, Christmas at Molly's. It's a song I wrote uh, many years ago about a legendary bar in Superior, Wisconsin called Molly's Bar that was run by a truly magical woman by the name of Molly. I tell the whole story about the bar, the history of the bar, the story behind the bar, and how I wrote the song. We had so much fun. I called Rich a few days ago. I said, would you mind if I just used our radio show that we did together for my radio show uh, on Christmas weekend? And he said, go right ahead. So that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to start off with the song Christmas at Molly's, and then you are going to hear the whole story. And I think it's one you're going to enjoy, especially if you ever had the good fortune of spending Christmas at Molly's. All right, man. So yeah, Christmas at Molly's. What uh, that that it's a fantastic song, and and uh, I appreciate. I, I I don't. I last year I was doing a uh, um, for another show I do. I was I, I was doing a, a Minnesota based Christmas music uh, show, and and kind of threw it out on on Facebook, just crowdsourced. Hey, who's got who knows really good music from Minnesota? And you were kind enough to say, hey, go check this song out, and. Hello. And I, 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 lo- <laughs> I loved it, and I actually played it on my show last year. But uh, mm. this, this is a, this is a, a, another show that I do with a, uh, uh, a, a co-host, and we, uh, we, we, we don't exactly break the, break the songs down, but we, we take some time to talk about them a little bit and, and sort of tell, uh, at least give our opinions at least, or, or you know, but if there's stories to tell behind the song, we like to do it. So I thought I'd... Just reach out and uh, see if you might want to talk about it. Oh, I'd love to. What awesome. Would, uh, what's your first question? Well, could you please just sort of tell me the uh, the general story behind uh, Christmas at Yes. Mars? Well, there was an amazing magical saloon in Superior, Wisconsin. Uh-huh. It was there for over, oh, probably close to 60 years called Molly's Bar. Okay. And I discovered it. Sometime in the mid-80s when I was uh, playing up in Duluth, of course, Superior's bars closed hours an hour later. Right. So we would always, so the bars were close to Duluth at 1, and then they closed at Superior 2. Mm-hmm. So a friend of mine suggested, well, if you're still thirsty, Paul, let's go over to Molly's. <laughs> well, we went over to Molly's, which was the end of Tower Avenue, mm-hmm. uh, the north end, downtown Superior. And it was like walking back into 1935. Oh, really? It uh, it was it had still had some original metal advertisements for the Barnum and Bailey Circus wow. that had been saved. Wow! In there, and it had a beautiful old tile floor and one of those old beautiful tin ceilings uh-huh. for, for for those people who have spent some time in old 
saloons, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're and talking about. And the beautiful about. thing was the queen of the place was named Molly. Mm-hmm. And she was still working. She was, when I met her, she was in her mid-80s. Mm. And she would uh, sit at the end of the bar and hold the court. <laughs> and you'd go up and, and I got to meet Molly. And you could buy her a really nice glass of expensive brandy. Now, expensive brandy in <laughs> Superior back then was about $4, right? Right, right. And, uh, but she, and she would dispense gypsy wisdom. She mm. was a really, almost a mystic in a way wow. from another time. Her son, Oscar, helped her run the bar. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't know for several years, and I went there every time I played in Duluth, and back then in the mid to late 80s, early 90s, I played in Duluth, Oh, about every three months. Sure. And uh, finally, somebody said, "They said, do you remember? Do you realize that Molly's is a gay bar?" <laughs> and it, it, number one, it didn't bo- that didn't bother me. No, number two, no. I couldn't really tell because I was always really involved with the friend of friends that I was with. Yeah. Um, and it became, you know, it was open to the to anybody, but it was one of the first gay bars in the Twin Ports when it opened in the early 50s. Oh, that's interesting. It was where a lot of the sailors right. Right. down low, they know that's where they could meet. Right. Uh, you know, men could meet other men, women could mm-hmm. meet other women mm-hmm. uh, at Molly's Bar. And it was under the radar for years and years and years. That's uh, in fact, years ago, I was reading this small town press book written by a sheriff who happened to be a cousin of Molly's about all of his experiences working as a sheriff in Douglas County. Hmm. And he had a couple of paragraphs about Molly's Bar. And he said, uh, that's where sailors could go to eat, drink, and be merry. And he spelled merry, M-A-R-Y. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, but it was, uh, but it was all, welcome to all. Uh, but uh, so it, it just added another level of intrigue to the place for me. Sure. And, and Oscar... Molly's son had a real great taste in antiques, so he had really kind of time-dated the place with these old antiques, some that he was using, and then some that he would sell behind the bar. Hmm. But the light was really magical. The setting was really magical. They had one pool table and a jukebox that actually Christmas at Molly's ended up on. So I was really enchanted with Molly and Molly's bar. Yeah. Yeah. In about 1990, I'd gotten a phone call one day from the company that ran the Southdale Mall. Mm-hmm. Now, the Southdale Mall was the first open-air shopping mall in America. It opened in 1955 in Edina, Minnesota. I grew up in Edina. And yeah, and so you know where, where Southdale was. I grew up in Southdale. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. That, yeah. that explains your misspent youth. There it is. Uh, but anyway, Rich, um, they called and said, we're putting together, it was their 35th anniversary, they were putting together a CD of original Christmas music by Minneapolis and Twin Cities musicians to give away during the holidays as a gift for mm-hmm. coming into Southdale. Mm-hmm. So it was, I don't know, about 7 o'clock at night, 6 o'clock, maybe 5 o'clock. And uh, 
they said, hey, do you, you know, would you have an original song for this? And I'm going, I kind of put my nose up. I go, you know, I, you want something, what he got you would write? I'm the guy to call. <laughs> Is Paul Metzger going to write a song for Southdale Mall? I don't think so. I didn't yeah. say that. Right, right. What I said was I paused and I said, well, I'm not sure. I said, how much does it pay? Yeah. And they said, $2,500. I said, I think I've got one around here somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure I got something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so anyway, Rich, it was, uh, and what musician doesn't need money, right? Right. Well, exactly. Yeah. So I have song ideas. In fact, I'm finishing my second book, Alphabet Jazz. Nice. I just, it's going to be a book of poetry and prose and stories. I just finished the last piece Friday night. And when I was putting that together, when I'm looking for songs, I have song ideas and titles and verses written on my phone bill, mm -hmm. uh, old letters, yeah. written on typewriter paper. Like, like every uh, good writer, book. man, just everywhere. Everywhere you look. Uh, back, back of matchbooks and quite a few on bar napkins, some that I can read, some that I can't. Mm -hmm. So I went to, I looked and looked and looked, and I went to the stack of bar napkins, and sure enough, on one of these napkins, it said Christmas at Molly's. And I remember a few years before, I, had a, I have a sister that lives in Duluth, and she would usually either host Thanksgiving or Christmas, mm -hmm. where my family would gather. So one year, it was Christmas, and Molly's was open on Christmas, one of the few places it was. Mm -hmm. So a couple of my friends, including a good friend of mine, John Hall, who passed away a year ago on the 4th of July. Oh. Great man. His friend Dick Blinn, we all met down there and had this really magical Christmas night with Molly and and the gang. Nice. And so uh, I sat down. Geez, I started writing at, I don't know, 10 o'clock at night, and I started, I got the chords. You know, writing a song, any songwriter will tell you, you either got a title or the first line and the chords or a melody. And I happen to have the chords, and uh, uh, the chords came pretty quick. Past the malt and the mistletoe, yeah. it's almost Christmas Day. So one thing led to another, and I put together this 12-verse, uh, my, my Paul Metz's story of Christmas, hmm. as I envisioned it that night, Christmas Eve at Molly's Bar. Yeah. And at uh, about 9 o'clock in the morning, I'd stayed up all night, I had it done, and I was on my own to uh, get a tape. They needed a uh, recorded copy. Mm -hmm. So I called a buddy of mine named Charles Erickson who had a uh, studio right downtown Minneapolis. I called up a um, bass player named Joel Sales. And we went in and we cut the track and Joel gave a really nice uh, uh, high harmony to it. Yeah. And then I just let, I, I said, Charles, just mix it and I'll have somebody from Southdale come and pick it up uh, on a CD later this afternoon. Well, then, unbeknownst to me, Charles, who's now kind of a worldwide DJ, he's really into electronic dance music, mm -hmm. uh, he's got a, a different handle, but 
but back then he was just Charlie with the studio. Hmm. He put a really nice 12 string part with a capo, and uh, which is really a charming part. So anyway, it came out in 1990 on the uh, Southdale record. There's still some copies floating around. And it's a good record. I think Greg Brown has a song on there. Really? Uh, the Steele family has a song. Wow. Strusco might even have a song in there. Wow, really? So kind of a classic record. But that's how Christmas at Molly's came about. Oh, that's great. Well, more to my interview I did a couple of weeks ago about the genesis of the song Christmas at Molly's. And we'd like to give special thanks to our sponsor, School of Rock, Eden Prairie. Of December is a stranger I walk Like I just lost the keys to the city As a sailor I've sent postcards round the world But the picture tonight wasn't pretty I walked in the shadows of haunted hotels Like a miner trapped in a cavern Well I looked to the east and a star had shone down And it led me right to Molly's Tavern so I follow the footprints made in the snow by Salvation Army musicians. I got in line and I stood right behind a tap dancer and two blind magicians. You would have thought I had been there before as Molly stood there to greet me. Eighty years old with a gleam in her eye said you're expected and proceeded to see me. Come on, you low-down rounders Lift up your low-down ways Pass the malt and the mistletoe It's almost Christmas Day Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. More to my interview I did a couple of weeks ago about the genesis of the song Christmas at Molly's. And we'd like to give special thanks to our sponsor, School of Rock, Eden Prairie. There's there's such great imagery in that uh, in, in that song and, and great, some characters, too. Like, uh, what's the thing about the... Uh, the, the um, the uh, two blind two blind uh, magicians. Yeah, well, they were standing in line. Um, oh God, it's, you know, I only sing that song at Christmas, and it's right. not quite there. Uh, I walked in line, and I stood right behind a tap dancer and, and two, two blind, blind musicians. Magicians. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's about this sailor that gets off a ship, and it's Christmas Eve, and you know that's that. Uh, that port has ships from all over the world. Yep. And so you just imagine this sailor on Christmas Eve with nowhere to go, and he looks into the sky like the star of Bethlehem, mm-hmm. and he ends up at Molly's Bar. I love that. I looked east, looked east of the star, and that led me to Molly's Tavern. That's just wonderful. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and there's the, the, I'm a bartender, um, uh, in, in my free time. So, yeah. uh, um, I love the thing about the bartender reading F Scott 
Fitzgerald too. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I have to name drop here for a bit. Yeah, please. Uh, my good friend David Carr, who passed away about three years ago, yeah. was a journalist and yeah. writer in Minneapolis yeah. and then went out and for the last 10 years before he passed, he was the media uh, journalist for the New York Times. The guy's a legend. Yeah, when he passed, uh, Arnold Schultzenberger, the publisher of the New York Times, said Carr might have been one of the most gifted journalists that the New York Times ever had, wow. which is pretty strong praise. Yeah, I would say so. Well, uh, I wrote a book 10 years ago called Blue Guitar Highway. You can get it on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And David Carr wrote the foreword, and he said of all of all of my catalog, he goes, all the mess of songs, the one he loves the most is Christmas at Molly's. Mm -hmm. That's and great. And they play it every year. But yeah, it's uh, it, was, it, it was really just serendipitous. Serendipitous, and uh, it it honors Molly. She was actually, of course, born on Valentine's Day. <laughs> of course she, she was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course she was. She lived to be 100 years old. God bless her. That's uh, great. Her sister was a jazz singer hmm. and uh, who hooked up with the mob. She used to sing at mob joints in New York. Wow. I always wanted to meet her. She didn't. I Actually, I was... Uh, during this downtime when I'm not playing out live, mm -hmm. I've been going to the archives, of which I have quite a bit of stuff, uh, to position some more releases. And someone sent me a uh, CD years ago of Molly in the studio. So I have about a CD with about four or five songs that Molly herself sang. Oh, no kidding. So, Rich, if I ever get down to Northfield, one of my favorite... Uh, Towns in Minnesota, I'll bring that with me, and uh, we can talk more about Molly. I, I now, you can also find that, if people would like to see the video, yeah. I did a video with, I have a TV show up here called Wall of Power TV. Yep. It's actually, uh, it was just down, it'll be on again at 11.30, you can stream it at mcn6.org. Okay. And uh, my producer, Andy Watson, put together a really great video with some vintage photos of Superior, Wisconsin, along with a lot of great photos of Molly. So if you want to see what Molly looked like over the course of about 40 or 50 years, uh, you could you can watch it uh, on YouTube. Wow. That, okay. I'm, I'm going to go look into that. Absolutely. So how are you getting on through the, uh, through the, uh, the pandemic here, sir? I mean, obviously you just, you, like every other uh, musician in the world, there's not a whole lot of opportunity to, uh, to play live, it sounds like you uh, you took some time to write a book, and you've yeah, got your radio show, and you've got your TV Pardon. show. Yeah, I just re-released a record yes. that I recorded in 1992 called Whistling Past the Graveyard. A classic. It with uh, Bucky Baxter, who was playing with Bob Dylan at the time. Yeah. He owned the studio with Gary Talon, Bruce Springsteen's longtime bass player in the E Street yeah, Band. Yeah, yeah. And he brought in... George Marinelli, who was playing with Bruce Hornsby in the range at the time. Wow. And we recorded 11 songs, and it had a lot of real political stuff that I think is more in tune with the time now politically than actually it was in 92. So I decided to re-release it. I, I uh, put six bonus tracks on there. Oh, really? Yeah, and that's uh, now available. And uh, so I've worked on that. Uh, people can or 
order.paulmetza.com. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I've worked, worked on this book for about the last year. Uh, I've done a couple of live streams. I have a weekly radio show that I've been doing. I tape interviews, uh, new interviews every week. Uh, if people go to paulmesa.com, they can track all the stuff down. But that airs on AM 950. So I've had about six and a half years on the radio and about three and a half years on the TV. So what I'm looking to do right now is find some other markets to syndicate both my radio and television show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll start, and then I'm setting up my living room to do Zoom interviews for both of those shows. Nice. And uh, But I've got, I'm sitting on a real kind of treasure trove of performances and recordings with my old band Cats and the Stars, nice. with my harmonica player I've been playing with since 97. Yep. Sonny Earl, we're working on a Paul and Sonny do Sonny and Brownie, a tribute to Sonny Terry and Brownie McGee. Sure. And uh, I've got a new, about 25 new songs. I'm looking to go in and record that probably in January, and then I've got a record that I've had in the can with a guy named Big Jim McNeely, who was one of the original tenor sax honkers. He had his first hit in 1949. Oh, nice. Called Deep in Yeah, Elvis was a fan of it. Wow. And uh, so we went into the studio about nine years ago, and we cut uh, several tunes of mine, several tunes of his. We also did a dynamite version of Bob Dylan's Blind Willie McTell Ooh. with Big J singing. Nice. So, yeah, so I've got, I mean, in a way, yeah, I miss playing for people, uh-huh. but I've got my guitar set up in my living room. I play every day. Of course you I'm do. starting to practice the guitar again. <laughs> and, uh, songs. So I'm, you know, strangely enough, uh, I'm feeling like really productive right now. That's fantastic. I'm glad to I hear miss, that, I miss, Paul. I miss the audience. I miss my fellow musicians. I'm in touch with them on the phone. And sure. The email, but, uh, yeah, and who knows what the new normal is going to look like. Right. Uh, I think I'm officially retired from from playing clubs, per se. Oh, is that right? We can find a socially distanced concert halls, you know, yeah. whether for 20 or 200 or 2,000. I'll right. go back out and play, but I'm not in a hurry to get out in the club and deal with this skull arches and the blood buckets stage to front row of, you know, yeah. high tops. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about there. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the bar where I work, we, uh, I, I, I book all the music there and, and, uh, what bar is it? Well, I, I, I it's imminent brewing, uh, right in downtown Minneapolis or downtown Northfield. Okay. And, uh, um, yeah, I get people asking me all the time, you know, so what, what's the plan? Are you going to, are you going to bring back when are you going to, when are you, are you starting to book for the summer? And I just, you know what, we will probably be, uh, the last place, uh, in Northfield that brings back live music because it's, yeah. we're just, we're just trying to be really safe about it. And, 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 mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, I've, I've got owners that, that are really responsible people. And we, uh, you, know, you take, you take this thing seriously. It's, um, it's, it's, yeah. it's important. So yeah, to hear someone like you say, yeah, I'm not in any big hurry to, uh, to get back out there. I, re- I really respect that, man. Well, and I have a lot of musicians my age that are, the same mindset yeah. now the one thing i think the upside is because you know when i'm out and about 
when people recognize me in my mask or I recognize them in the mm-hmm. grocery store sure. forever, um, that's my dog. Yes, yeah. he'll go out to the blue. Um, <laughs> uh, I can really feel a hunger for live music. Oh, yeah. And I think, and I think truthfully, people are going to take it more seriously now. We've been, and I'm as guilty as anybody else, we've all taken, especially in Minneapolis, we've taken live music so for granted. Yep. Because you could go out any night of the week and hear any style of music you wanted to hear. And quality hear stuff, too. Tonight. Yeah. And uh, seven nights a week. And, uh, and you just go, and most of them for no cover. So I hope what it does is people realize how important music is in all of our lives and feel free, it's worth something. Yeah. So pay, because the bars you work at, the other clubs, they're not going to they're not going to be you know to capacity. Right. Everything's going to be socially distanced, so everybody's going to have to pay a little more for the privilege of going to hear some great live music, and it's worth it. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, it's, it's interesting. You, 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 pay four bucks to go hear your favorite band. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we um, just I, I, I'm I'm talking to some people here and there who really just are just itching to play, and we you know we had the patio open for the summer, and some people wanted to come and play on the patio, and I I just said you know it we we, we got to pay you, and it doesn't we can't have enough people here to support the amount that we would need to pay you, and they said well no I'll I'll, I'll play for whatever, and I, I I and I'm saying no you don't understand you need to get paid. X yeah, amount, right. and, and we have to respect that. We have to respect that market. So it's Does my um, buddy Eric Koskinen play at your place. I, you know what, man, I'm a, such a huge fan of his. I booked him into a place I play. I used to book in in Faribault years ago, um, and it was it went so poorly for him that I have just never. Was that Uncle Charlie's. <laughs> Say that again. Was it at Uncle Charlie's? No, it was, it, was, it was a place called Pub Thirty One. It was uh, okay. open and closed in about a year. Yeah, and uh, now I have an ac- terrible actually name, actually terrible name for the saloon. Yeah, <laughs> Uncle Charlie's. That's yeah, great. I bumped in. I sat behind Eric and his wife at uh, the Bob Dylan show in October 2019 in Mankato. Yeah, more to my interview I did a couple of weeks ago about the genesis of the song "Christmas at Molly's," and we'd like to give special thanks to our sponsor, School of Rock, Eden Prairie. Hey everyone, you know what's just around the corner? The holidays. And you know what that means. You have to find the perfect gift for curious kids, hard to buy for teens, and baby boomers that already have everything they could possibly need. Would you believe there's one gift that will delight all three? Yep, music lessons at School of Rock. Lessons in guitar, bass, drums, keys, or vocals make a fantastic holiday gift. Lessons are available in person or online, so you can even give the gift of music to the out-of-towners on your shopping list. For AM950 listeners, we're giving a fifth lesson free for every four lessons you buy. Just mention you heard us on AM950. And if you would like to learn an instrument, give us a call. Your first lesson's on us. Yes, I mean totally free. No strings attached. Check us out at edenprairie.schoolofrock.com or click on the link on am950radio.com. Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzen. More to my interview I did a couple of weeks ago about the genesis of the song Christmas at Molly's. And we'd like to give special thanks to our sponsor, School of Rock, Eden Prairie. 
He's great. He's 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 fantastic. I haven't talked to Eric in a long time, mostly because yeah. of that show. But he's yeah, he's, no, I, totally I I'm a huge it. fan, man. Huge fan of his. You know, a good uh, friend of mine lives in Northfield. His name's Todd Orlund. Todd was the editor and was the guy that got me my book deal with the University of Minnesota Press. Oh, really? And uh, fellow Finn, yeah, I mean, I think it was the Finnish Mafia actually that got me the book deal. <laughs> That's great. But uh, so I've got, I have another reason to go down to Northfield other than to uh, visit your radio station, play it, play at your your bar. I'd love to go see my buddy Todd and his lovely wife. He's uh, he's a home brewer and uh, really good uh, happening sumalinen. We will absolutely have to find a way to get you down here. I, I, I have to tell you, Paul, that uh, um, I've had, just as a, a promoter and a music, uh, uh, music whatever, um, I, I, there's a, um, the Northfield Arts Guild has a, uh, has a room that seats about not quite 100 people. And, and I have always forever wanted to do a, a concert series in there that really would be something akin to, um, remember the old VH1 storytellers show where, you know, and the first person I've always thought that I'd want to start that, uh, that series would be you. Like, oh, I think I'm honored that you'd say that. I, I, I just think, I just think it would be perfect. So if I ever get my stuff together <laughs> and get yeah. that going, you're going to be my first phone call because I think, I think you'd just be phenomenal in that kind of setting. Thank you, Rich. You know, I want to, I'd like to, I also have a new, uh, I rewrote my song, Slow Justice, that I originally wrote in 94, added another verse to 1990, rewrote it, it's called Slow Justice 20. You you, uh, you, you played it at, uh, at the end of your show tonight, or heard a little bit of it tonight at the end of your yeah. show, right? Yeah. It's fantastic. Well, yeah, so new verse to kind of... Uh, uh, bringing the vibe of the whole tragedy of the George Floyd murder. Yeah. That's on YouTube now. And uh, so, but my other project, and uh, please tell all your folks in uh, Northfield Radio Land and uh, your DJs, a uh, couple days after John Prine died, I mm -hmm. said to myself, there's no one that deserves a United States Postal Service commemorative stamp more, more than, than the John Prine. Than John Prine. Right. So I started a website called JohnPrineStamp.com. Oh, I'm, I'm 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 all in on that. And we've got two thousand signatures so far. Once we get ten thousand, we're going to present it to the USPS. Fantastic. And then it takes about three years. Yeah. Uh, to get a stamp, but there's no one more deserving Abs than John Prine. Absolutely. Oh my God! You know, a guy as humble as as John Prine, I can't even imagine how he would have reacted to to something like that. That just like that that gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. That's fantastic. Well, like a song, when I get to heaven, he'll be sitting there drinking his. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think he had uh, what, what was this thing? Vodka and ginger ale. Yep, yep. <laughs> And smoking a cigarette nine, nine miles, miles long. miles long, right, exactly. <laughs> I, I, got, I, got, I got a buddy that just, we, every now and then we just look at, look at each other and say, you know, when you're dead, you're a dead peckerhead. That's <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I just, you know, it was such a tough year oh, with musicians. Yeah. And then, you know, last month, we lose Billy Joe Shaver and Jerry Jeff Walker in the same week. Same week, I mean, man. Come on. That's, it's been brutal. It's just yeah. been brutal. Yeah. 
Well, listen, Paul, I really, I thank you for taking some time tonight, especially on short notice like this. This is, this is, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm truly honored that you would uh, give me a half an hour. This is, this is really great. Thank oh, you. no, no, I really appreciate it. Um, and, uh, you know, it's things, these basic communications, what I found during the lockdown, the pandemic, you know, I'll have socially distanced fire a friend or two over on my backyard, mm-hmm. visit friends, socially distanced their backyard. And just the things that we always used to do before the internet, before emails, we used to chat, yeah. we used to converse, we used to write letters. In fact, tomorrow I'm going to get... Uh, uh, my Christmas card together. Hmm. When I had Doug Blackie for years, he used to write Christmas letters. This year, my new dog, Blue, who I got uh, a year ago, next weekend in 2017, they found him on the side of a road in Alabama. Wow. Uh, right next to me now. His name is Blue. Yeah. His, his, his full name is Blue Guitar Highway 61. Nice. And that's and uh, he's writing the he's writing the Christmas card this year. So awesome, yeah. But anyway, so these basic, uh, just the basic um, beauty of person to person, you know, communication, mm-hmm. conversation, letters, or phone calls. It's re- it's really important, and I think that's one of the upsides of this whole time. Yeah, yeah. There, there there's there's a lot to be said for it. I mean, and wow. and like you were saying before, I mean, when this is over. Um, there's a lot that we've taken for granted that I, I hope that we we've learned to appreciate a little more, you know, and, 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 and these interpersonal relationships, man, I mean, that's, that's top of the list. <laughs> top of the list. And, you know, uh, my fear is even with the vaccine, we still have 35% of this country is anti-vaxxers, but yeah, like yeah. somebody said the other day, yeah, everybody's going to go, you know, what's in the vaccine? I'm not sure if I'm going to take it. And this guy said, well, when's the last time you said, What's in this pop tart before you bite into it? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's a great point too. Yeah, and the pop tart's not going to save your life for right. the vaccine. Right. Probably. You 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 won't get the shot, but you'll eat a Twinkie. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the the well, logic Mitch, the logic I, fails me. I so enjoyed speaking with you, and uh, I look forward. It's been years since I got down to. Uh, to Northfield now is did they did the Archer House have a fire? Oh man, you know our studio is right next door to the Archer House, and so oh. I, I I I I was I I covered the whole thing, and it was it it oh. is so Paul, it is so depressing, it is so sad because you know as a as a town. We love the Archer House so much. It's it you know we're so proud down here of our of our downtown, and the Archer House is a yeah, the keystone to that, and it's it's bad, Paul. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. If, I don't know if it's going to be able to come back. I mean, the, it it it, it the the exterior still standing and everything, but inside, you know, the the, the building's 150 years old, and it's pretty much the the original frame. And the fire got into the walls, uh, which is why it ran out of control the way it did. And it's it, it's not good, man. It's so sad. Hey, do you have time for one more little Northfield story? Absolutely. I got I got all the time in the world, man. <laughs> okay, Rich. So there's a fellow by the name of Johnny Wester. Okay. He yes. lives in Arizona now. Yes. Scottsdale. He just turned 86 at the end of October. 
I had them on my radio show. If people go to am950radio.com, they can go and find my podcast at Walla Power Radio Hour. And I interviewed him about a month ago. Johnny was originally, his name is Johnny Westerland. Mm -hmm. He was born in Two Harbors, Minnesota in 1934. He grew up in a CC camp, which is civilian corps, Uh uh, which they, you know, started put put people to work after the Depression. Mm -hmm. Trails, highways, whatever happened all over the country. In this case, it was north of Two Harbors. And they used to bring in a screen and show cowboy movies, among other things. Yeah. When Johnny was just a young boy, six or seven, he used to watch these Gene Autry movies. Mm. Gene Autry, of course, singing cowboy. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, that's what I want to do. I want to become a singing cowboy. His family moved down to Northfield. Right. His dad became a FIED teacher. When Johnny was 17, he had... Uh, a TV show that was they broadcast out of Faribault and in a radio show that they broadcast out of WCAL. Interesting. He recorded three singles and he used to play at uh, grocery store openings, hmm. uh, car store openings, yeah. wrestling matches. Sure. And he was very popular guy and he had changed his name to Johnny Western. When he was 20, he moved out to Hollywood. Yeah. He ended up cracking John, down Gene Autry. Gene Autry signed him to become an extra in cowboy movies. <laughs> One thing led to another. Yeah. And he started playing with Johnny Cash. He played with in Johnny's band from 1956 to 1965. I didn't he know that. He on 70 Johnny Cash singles. Wow. Johnny Cash wrote liner notes for one of his gunfighter ballad LPs. He was signed to Columbia Records by Don Law. Don Law was the guy that recorded Robert Johnson at the Denver Hotel in San Antonio in 1936. Yeah. Which it gets better. Johnny ends up on a as an extra on if you're old enough to remember, Have Gun Will Travel. Well, I'm not, but I know the, I know the show, yeah. It's a tele- television show. is the second most popular cowboy TV show behind Gunsmoke. Mm-hmm. 60s. Well, Johnny, if you ever go back, I'm sure you can find episodes on YouTube. Johnny wrote and recorded the theme song, which is called The Ballad of Paladin. And uh, anyway, he just had an incredible career, and he ended up in Kansas, and he had a radio show for 25 years. Hmm. But he has gone back to Northfield, probably now not for a while, yeah. and they would just feature him during Jesse James' days. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, I'm sorry. He speaks so lovingly of Northfield. Well, he is not forgotten in Northfield. I mean, people still talk about it. The interesting thing, though, is that... Uh, I didn't know he was still with us. I, I guess I had thought he had passed away. So. He is sharp as a tack. Wow. We- More to my interview I did a couple of weeks ago about the genesis of the song Christmas at Molly's. And we'd like to give special thanks to our sponsor, School of Rock, Eden Prairie. 
Hey everyone, you know what's just around the corner? The holidays. And you know what that means. You have to find the perfect gift for curious kids, hard to buy for teens, and baby boomers that already have everything they could possibly need. Would you believe there's one gift that will delight all three? Yep, music lessons at School of Rock. Lessons in guitar, bass, drums, keys, or vocals make a fantastic holiday gift. Lessons are available in person or online, so you can even give the gift of music to the out-of-towners on your shopping list. For AM950 listeners, we're giving a fifth lesson free for every four lessons you buy. Just mention you heard us on AM950. And if you would like to learn an instrument, give us a call. Your first lesson's on us. Yes, I mean totally free. No strings attached. Check us out at edenprairie.schoolofrock.com or click on the link on am950radio.com. Welcome back to the last set of the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metz. I hope everybody's been enjoying the holidays. Here's the last part of my interview with Rich Larson from KYMN Radio in Northfield. We're going to have to we're going to have to look him up and and somehow get him on the uh, get him on this radio station at some point. I think you know, or or we could. Uh we could. I could send you the interview. You could play my interview with him. It's all ready to Absolutely. Talk. <laughs> Absolutely. But I don't want to. But I, I don't want to take time away from you, Rich. But no, uh, no, no. But no, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. It's uh, Saturday night, yeah. uh, Thanksgiving weekend, and there's yeah. a lot to be thankful for. Amen, brother. There really is, isn't there? Absolutely. You know. You know. I mean, it's been a. Uh, it's been a really rough year, but there's there's plenty of. Um, I just I was just talking about this on my on my show on Thursday night actually I I I have seen some I mean I th- and we've all seen some pretty rough Thanksgivings from time to time and uh, and there are plenty of people out there who are seeing a really really rough one right now two hundred fifty thousand families two hundred and fifty I mean think about that Paul I, you know I just I, the the estimate is that it might the number might be four hundred thousand by the end of the year. It's just yeah. it, it is so awful. It is it is it is so sad and and it's it's um but but despite all that I mean there's still you have to reach down. You have to dig down and find those things. Yeah. That 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 you are thankful for because that's the touchstone, right? That's that's the that's where you find the optimism that you need to keep going, isn't it? I mean that's that's what well, you have to right do. Right before the lockdown started. I'm sitting, these songs, they, they, they just kind of come to me. Uh, and I had, right before the lockdown started, I read a line somewhere. I'm sure I don't, couldn't even tell you where it came from. But the, it, it said, uh, you can't be brave if you're not scared. Yes. So this song in about 15 minutes, it's one of the bonus tracks on my new record and Whistling Past the Graveyard. You can also find it on YouTube. Okay. Uh, so I got into a buddy of mine named Rob Hillstrom. Uh, I, I, he plays with a bunch of guys in town, but I got into his studio thinking we better record this before they shut everything down. Mm. And uh, we recorded that. But uh, yeah, I think what you're going to find, I'm sure there's guys like, you know, Eric Koskinen mm. and, uh, 
a ton of musicians that are out there creating great new work right now. Right. So by the time we can get out and play again and the audience is ready to come out and the musicians are ready to go out and play, I think there's going to be a plethora of great new music to be heard. So I think really uh, there's some really great, beautiful, better days ahead. I couldn't agree with you more. And that's a beautiful <laughs> thought, man. Thank you. That's great. Well, I better uh, take my dog for a walk before he uh, disbands me. <laughs> yeah. he, 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 sounds, he sounds a little impatient, brother. He's a little impatient. <laughs> He's a head case, but I love him to death. Oh, well, of course you do. He's a dog. I like, He's I, a dog. Dogs are the best. We, the dog is, we know what dog is if you spell it backwards. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right there. Dog Richard, is love. A real question, man. You have a great holiday. People want to order my record and my 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 book won't be out to probably January or February, but they can pre-order. Just uh, I've got they could just uh, tag me on paulmetza.com. They can put a form in and shoot me their email. I'll get and I'll get back to them. So cool, cool. Uh, hey, Paul, thanks a ton, man. This has been fantastic. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yes, man. You made my night, brother. Have a beautiful weekend, and I'll look forward to meeting you in person one of these days. I'm right? looking forward to that too. Happy holidays to you, sir. Thanks, brother. Take All care. Right. <laughs> we'll see ya okay we're going we're going <laughs> thanks for listening to the wall of power radio hour the show was produced by Paul Metzler with help from some folks down at KYMN radio the host down there interviewing me was Rich Larson we'd like to thank him for letting us use this also thanks to Brett Johnson for putting it together here at AM 950 we'd like to thank our sponsor School of Rock Eden Prairie have a wonderful rest of the holiday season. We'll see you next week. And like my dad used to tell me, remember to be kind and make someone happy. Someday, the high-